Welcome to The Storytellers, the radio show and podcast that features those who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. I'm your host, Grace Salmon. I look forward to our time together today. Now, let's meet our storyteller. Kathy L. Murphy is an artist, author, and creative businesswoman. She is the CEO and founder of the International Pulpwood Queens and Timber Guys Book Club Reading Nation. This is the largest meeting and discussing book club in the world. Pulpwood Queens and Timber Guys was started in January 2000 and is celebrating nearly 21 years of bringing readers and authors together in conversation. With almost daily activities, interviews, and bookish wisdom on Facebook, Kathy's organization also hosts an annual book club convention held always over Martin Luther King's birthday weekend in January. In addition, she, along with Mandy Haynes, publishes the monthly Reading Nation magazine. This publication is only five episodes old and already has over 32,000 readers. Kathy's first book was the Pulpwood Queen's Tierra Waring Book Sharing Guide to Life. For the book's 20th anniversary, she debuted her second book, The Pulpwood Queen's 20th Anniversary. Kathy is currently working on her third book, The Pulpwood Queen Goes Back to School. Kathy is a Tierra Waring dedicated and prolific artist, supporter of authors, storytellers, and a creative spirit. She readily shares that books both saved her life and shaped her life. Kathy joins us today from her little cabin in the Texas woods called Murphy's Law. Welcome, Kathy. Well, I'm thrilled to be here, Grace. Thank you. I want to just jump right in because it's not often that I get to interview. Actually, I've never interviewed a queen before. So (laughs) to be with the Pulpwood Queen is really saying something. And I also wanted to start with how unique I think you are in this world of readers and writers and authors. When I first came to this world just a year ago, I had heard of your Facebook group, the largest group in the world of readers that come together. And I think I sent something like, oh, I'm so excited to be here. And you immediately direct messaged me and said, here's my phone number, give me a call. That was unprecedented. Tell me about why you do that, and how you do that for so many readers and authors. Well, the reason why I do that is I'm just thrilled every time somebody connects with me because we are a community of readers, whether we're authors or readers or in the publishing industry. Books, seriously, are my life's passion. So when I I feel like the people that make the biggest impact are the ones that have the conversation. So I always say, join the conversation because I really started this with six complete strangers in my little hair salon bookstore in the woods. And it grew within a really short amount of time to over a hundred members. And just right after that, Oprah Winfrey gave us the call. And 
I don't know how this happened. I sometimes think that um, I'm the Forrest Gump in the publishing world. I just happen to be there at the right time. But I, I think luck has a lot to do with it. But I also think that it's so important to me that we all get on the same page and we support each other because reading is what is going to change the world to be a better place. So that's why I do it. And I think you also always talk about service. Service is so important to you. And you give so much to so many. How did that service piece get into this amazing uh, world that you've built? Well, I started out uh, in college. I wanted to be an artist, but of course my parents did not want me to be that because that wasn't a lucrative business. So it was, I went two years and then my sisters were starting. So my mother said, well, maybe you should do something else and work your way through college. And I thought at that time, I think minimum wage, this is the seventies was like a dollar or something. And you cannot go to college on a dollar nineteen an hour. So I had gone to a beauty school uh, to watch one of my friends get their hair cut. And I watched this person cutting the hair and I thought, I could do that. It's kind of an art form. And it became an art form to me. And it's a service of creating um, beauty out into the world. So from a lifetime of being a hairdresser and being in service to others, that is our greatest gift, is to find out what you can do to be of service to others. It's not about wealth, power, fame, getting on your program, getting on Oprah, Good Morning America, whatever things. It's really about being in service to others. And I really believe that. And I practice what I preach. That's it. That's that simple. You absolutely do. And you are tireless in this industry, if we can call it that. And you have an amazing recall. Uh, you run a book club every single Tuesday night, which when I can, I catch on Facebook. And it's just an amazing how you can recall authors and you've interacted with so many. What's your drive to put those authors and readers together? Well, when you read a book by yourself, you get a perspective. When you share the book with another person, you get another perspective. But when you bring the author into the picture, it's like everything comes into focus. You actually see where the story is coming from. And that is why our book club is the largest meeting and discussing book club in the world that brings our authors into the picture. I think Oprah Winfrey has the largest online book club. But I think it's important that we have a conversation with the authors. So we have our daily blog, Breathless Bubbles and Books, where we talk every day in conversation with one of our authors as they're the guest hosts on this Facebook group. We have our online book club. We've started a writer's book club where writers mentor to newbies and professionals and everything in between. And then we have our book and film club because to me, books play out in my mind like a movie, like a film. And I'm a big film buff, too. So I was doing this every Saturday night watching the movies, and I thought, I'm going to do this with other people. So I started the book and film club. And then I had a young man, younger than me, uh, who jumped on board and as big as film buff as me, Robert Waltney, who's an author, and I made him my co-host. And we just have a blast. And I have made more friends. I've got actors, directors, 
all kinds of people in the film industry jumping on board. Some have been nominated for Academy Awards. We try to bring everybody in because we think reading is the best entertainment in the world. I mean, when you think about humans, we're the only animal on this planet that communicate through our stories. And that's why your show is so important, the storytellers. The only way we can learn is by sharing our stories. And I'm spending this last, you know, I'm turning 65 this month, so I'm spending this last little chapter in my life trying to be a better listener. <laughs> I'm a big talker, but I think you can't learn unless you listen. And I love that you talk, I was going to wish you a happy birthday. I know this is your birthday month. One of the themes of this show is certainly the importance of storytelling, but also the importance of never being done and having fun with our lives. I love that when you do your show on Saturdays, you try to emulate one of the stars. Uh, recently, you showed a Doris Day movie, and you could have been clones the way you did your hair and everything. So you embrace life fully. Where does that come from for you? Well, my mother was a drama queen. She was a, a speech and drama major in college. She actually went out to Hollywood to try to make it a, as a like Lana Turner and get discovered. It didn't happen. My father followed her out and proposed and she married him. But my mother always had a flair for, you know, the right ensemble. She was kind of a cross between Jackie Kennedy, who she absolutely adored, and Marilyn Monroe. She had more of her figure. And I grew up just adoring that. And we would watch the Miss America pageant and we'd watch um, uh, the Academy Awards anything with movie stars and drama and glamour. And I thought, well, you know what makes reading fun is when you act out the characters. So we started out having a literary ball where we would dress up like the authors or book characters. And I found that people look forward to seeing what I'm going to do. I think my funniest one for the book and film club is when I went as one of the um, 1930s male movie stars and my co-host just about died because he goes oh my gosh uh, Mr. Murphy you know because I was dressed you know yes. I had the pencil thin mustache and my hair all black and slick back he goes you look pretty hot as a man and I said well, you know, maybe that's what I should have been because evidently what I'm doing now doesn't work. But um, I find that it's I watched all those shows where people dressed up like Carol Burnett and um, oh, even Milton Berle. And, you know, they dress up as these characters and it was so fun. So I played dress up my entire life ever since I was a little girl. So I'm still playing dress up and I encourage others to. And you cannot believe how much we laugh. And at the end of our convention, we always have a huge hairball because I was a hairdresser and because I had my uh, bookstore in a beauty salon, we had a great big ball of hairball. And so I encourage everybody, the, the higher the hair, the closer to God, make it big. And there is something funny that happens to women that get a, a big updo, no matter your age. They laugh till tears are crying. I mean, down their face because they go, oh, my God. I remember this one author goes, I can see air through <laughs> the bell curls. And we cried and laughed. And I brought in some other author hairdressers like Debbie Rodriguez, who brought, wrote the Cabell Beauty School. And we had a marathon 
updo with my other hairdressing friend, Nelson Collier, we did like 30 authors hair for the ball. And they all, when we left, we were, we hadn't even gone to the dance yet. And we were all having the the time of our lives. And that's what reading is having the time of your life. And you bring that joy to so many areas, including, I want to talk about this a little bit, but this is, this publication, this presentation that we're doing today, this radio show is about storytelling, but there's more than one way. In your books, you tell wonderful stories. I love your first book is part memoir, part book club guide, part quotable quotes, and certainly a guide to life. And now as I watch you across social media, you're doing an immense amount of painting now. I know you've always painted, but now it seems like you're embracing that in a bigger way. It could be because I'm just following you more. But tell me about the art of storytelling through painting. Well, what happened was I went through a lot of tragedy. I went through a very painful divorce after 25 years of marriage. Uh, Then my father fell and ended up going into hospice, and then he died. And, I mean, I just thought I I lost my business because I was forced to sell it on my home, my church, my community. And I thought, is this it for me? You know, I was in my late 50s. And so that's when I decided to go back to school. I've been to seven colleges, but it took me 43 years to graduate from college because, of course, my own children's education came first. So I became an artist in my early 60s, and now I'm 65. And so it wasn't until I literally got that degree that anybody took um, note that I had credibility as an artist. So I have always felt that my art, my paintings, are from a lifetime of reading books and being out in nature. So every one of my paintings has a story. In fact, now every person who purchases a painting of me gets a book that I, you know, kind of got the idea from. I mean, I had a painting called Island of the Blue Dolphins. Island of the Blue Dolphins. And the latest painting that I just worked on, I was going to call it Moon Goddess, but I changed the name to Tiger Treats because it's a kind of a Bollywood view from East Texas. And I dreamed that I put a tiger in the painting and it reminded me of a story I had um, played out with my grandson. So I decided that I'm going to take this painting and I'm going to make a children's storybook because Paintings, songwriting, plays, music, everything you can think of is sharing stories either audibly or visually or cinematography. Uh, It's all a way of sharing the beauty in the world. And that's what I want to share. I am not a kind of person that wants to put anything negative out into the world. There's enough of that. I mean, this past two years has been just devastating. So everything I put out in the world is got to be the story of look for the beauty in this world. And that's what I'm trying to do. In your painting, do you find it a different way? Do you feel differently about how you communicate in your painting or your writing? Is it a different experience for you? It's uh, now that I paint every day, I mean, it's always been more of a hobby, but now that I'm painting as a living, I'm finding that when I start a work, I have an idea in mind, much the way you start a book. 
Some people outline. I have an idea of mine. But when I start to painting, I just really have figured this out even this week, that something else happens to you. Um, a different perspective. It's like somebody else takes over and I'm watching from above. And I feel like it's almost as if, a higher power is working through to create, because I get finished with paintings and I go, did I do that? I mean, did I really do that? Interesting. I didn't. And I'm always surprising myself and people are, I, I show the process on Facebook because I want people to know that a painting isn't just you paint a picture. It's just like writing a story. You write it, and then all of a sudden, those voices of those characters start coming into your head, and all of a sudden, you're going off on another track that you didn't even see coming. Where does it come from? I, I think it's God working through all of us, showing that with our gifts and talents and beliefs and the imagination of, of things that we can't always see, we can find even a greater beauty and appreciate all the good things in life. So that's, that's really how it works. Just that's, like wonderful. that's wonderful. I've heard you talk on numbers of occasions that books saved your life. Yeah. It Tell did. Me about that. Well, I have, I had two wonderful parents that did not get along. I think, you know, we all have, unless you walk in somebody's shoes, you don't know. I think they both had very much unfulfilled dreams. And why is it that you take out on the people you love the most, you know, the, the things that are not the prettiest? They fought, and they fought hard. And then as children, we got caught up in that fight. And it was hard for me to hear, so I would hide under my bed and I'd read books or I'd run up in my tree house and I read and I could get lost in the story and I could escape. Some people turn to drugs and alcohol and all kinds of different things to get through childhood trauma. But for me, it was always about reading. And then when I read, I mean, there were, I write, write about this in my book, some of the books that really I understood that there were other people like me. And the first was, Honestly, Katie John by Mary Calhoun about a little tomboy girl. And then it was To Kill a Mockingbird. I was so much like Scout as a kid. And then later on, it was Pat Conroy's The Great Santini, because my father was a Korean War vet, and he was short-fused. And I think now that he probably had post-traumatic stress syndrome. But I think that if you read, it's the poor man's um, psychiatrist couch. Because when you read enough as books as I have, you figure things out. And I've pretty much figured it out. I realized my parents did the best they could under life circumstances. And, you know, I really love them. Uh, my father's gone. My mother's still alive. Um, um, but I went through some years of where it was hard, you know, um, to be around them because it was so painful. But I realized that the gifts that they gave me is the gift of the arts. Both of them were very artistic. And they um, really, I'm going to be talking about that in my book, The Pulp of, uh, Queen Goes Back to School, because the book I wrote when I was, the first book I wrote, 
I had some anger issues. They're gone. They're gone. I, I look at the bigger picture and with COVID now, there's not enough time in this world to look back on sadness or things that happened to you as a child. Now is the time to focus on the joys, like that new grandson I have that's two that loves Bollywood just like me. So that's why I'm writing this children's book. I really want to focus on what makes us better people. So if you read, you're going to find it. You're going to find it. I think that's such an important piece. And I think certainly many people get to what you just described way earlier than I did. Oh, I'm going yeah. to be I'm going to be 68 shortly after you turn oh, 65. <laughs> and I feel in so many ways I'm just getting it. Life is too short to be about anger. It is certainly too short to be about bitter. It is too short to put out that negativity. I know that there are lots of people who learned that before I did. But increasingly, it seems like what you describe is very much a experience of women our age, if you will. Is that your experience? Yes. I, I, a lot of people are saying the very same things that I'm saying. We're recognizing that all these years, the things we thought of were important. I mean, my gosh, going through the 80s and 90s and 2000s, it was all about things, shopping, looks, glamour. And all those things make us feel better. But the bottom line is, how do you want to be remembered? You know, how do you want people to remember you? I hope they'll laugh. I hope they'll go, that crazy Kathy, you just never knew what she was going to do next, you know? So is this your legacy? What's, if you could summarize your legacy, what will it be? I, you know, she tried. I, I mean, I tried really, really hard. I mean, if I was going to be buried, I've decided after watching Diane Keaton's movie, The Palms, Palms, you got to see it. They have a new way of, of dispersing ashes. You go off in a firework. That's what I want okay. done. That would be so appropriate for you. That's what I want to celebrate the life that I lived. You know, how do I want to be remembered? I just want people to read and pass it on to the next generation. That's that's it. Literacy really is your legacy in so many ways, isn't it? Yes, yes, because I struggled as a child in school because I was so painfully shy. I was too afraid to ask when I didn't understand, so I kind of fell behind. But, you know, I had some incredible teachers, and my teachers were also, back in those days of growing up in a small town in Kansas, they were our librarians, too. So you look to those teachers who are encouragers, those librarians that hand you that book that changes your life forever. To me, they should be the highest profession, paid profession in the world because they have our children's lives in their hands. And we've got to do something about our kids today. So I read, grab a child, put them in your lap, read them a story. I do it every chance I get. That's the gift I'm of saying. literacy. <laughs> Kathy, as we begin to close, tell people how they can find you and then tell us something that might be a little bit quirky that people don't already know about you. Well, there's, I've told a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, the best way to get a hold of me is I'm on Facebook under Kathy L. Murphy. I have two websites, our book club website, www.thepulpwoodqueensplural.com, and my new Kathy L. Murphy Art dot com website. Uh, everything's up on both those pages, everything you need to know. And I just 
really hope that everybody that their takeaway from all of this is that we're all storytellers. We all have a story to tell. And if you don't write it down or record it for your family, it's a library lost to everyone that you know. So tell your story, join the conversation. Let's have fun reading together. It's not your mama's book club. There's something new. And I think we're just having a lot of fun. Kathy, thank you for being such a great storyteller. I am honored to be on the Pulpwood Queen bandwagon. It's just a great thrill to have you today. And we'll talk again soon, I hope. Oh, we will, Grace. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kate. Bye-bye, y'all. Take care. Bye-bye. That concludes this episode of The Storytellers. I'm so glad you could be part of the story today. I hope you share the stories, tell your own, and come back for another episode. Because when our stories are told, everything changes. I'm Grace Salmon. Grace Salmon.